What's going on, Sunbelt fans? Welcome into the Week 8 wrap-up. We had a pretty good week of Sunbelt action. A uh, quick shout-out to Tech Show for the intro and outro music once again. He did just release some uh, Halloween mix, uh, so I will link that below. And if you want to check that out on SoundCloud, I've gotten only about 15 minutes into it, but very good little Halloween mix if you're looking for some music uh, around the holiday coming up. We'll jump into the Wednesday night's matchup that hit Georgia State going up to Boone to face Appalachian State. We called this game App State 27, Georgia State 17. Georgia State did hit that 17-point mark. App State outdid what I thought they would do as far as offensive production and won this game 42-17. But for those of you that watched the game and maybe some of those that didn't, Georgia State jumped on top very early and looked like they were in total control throughout the first quarter. Uh, Tucker Gregg, obviously, he's been a workhorse for them all season. He got the ball rolling with the first touchdown run. Darren Granger was making App State's defense pay while keeping the ball on the ground. Uh, Wasn't overly successful through the air. Uh, Every time the deep ball went downfield, either receiver didn't catch it or it was off target. So they, they couldn't put the dagger into App State and win the game that way. Then they allowed Cam Peoples to get going a little bit there in that second quarter. He gets on the board early and uh, makes that a a one-point game. App had a chance at the the half to tie it up, but they had some poor clock management. So Georgia State still has the lead, 14-7 going into the half. And then the App State offensive line just showed up greatly throughout the rest of the game obviously dominated that second half opened up numerous holes and even when some of their running backs were stopped near short of the goal line uh chase bryce ended up having two quarterback keepers to score on one yard runs um so you know mike michael hayes does hit a career long 47 yard field goal great field goal for them and you know they cut it early in the fourth quarter to 17 28 but it just wasn't enough uh the georgia state defense couldn't keep app, app off the field and uh or allowed app to stay on the field i guess i should say and then when they did get the ball they just made him pay by pounding it on the ground repeatedly so appalachian state comes away with a very good victory there on wednesday night gets them back into the swing of things in that east division thursday night's matchup the battle of the belt battle for the belt on uh thursday night there troy going to south alabama Called this one in favor of Troy, 23-21. It's actually a much lower scoring game than I had originally predicted. Troy ends up taking this one 10-6. For those that watched, obviously a very uh, frustrating game to watch. Not necessarily for the score. You know, low scores happen. But unfortunately, the presentation there on ESPN U was, uh, I think it was on ESPN 2, actually. Either way, it was on ESPN Network. Uh, it was a terrible production quality and they didn't seem to really improve it as the game went on i don't know what went on um but it was frustrating to watch either it was a lag or the audio was glitching in and out uh well it's probably all of those things it was uh disappointing that the sunbelt didn't get a better treatment there for the production value uh and probably had some people honestly turn away from the game because of that which is uh disappointing but uh, as far as the crowd, first sellout crowd down there in South Alabama, the place was revved up, ready to go. This is a battle for the top top spot in the West as of right now. And Troy looked to be dominant on the defensive side of the ball, as we knew that they were going to be going into the game. They score early with uh, DK Billingsley on a run. And then uh, 
South Alabama actually, at one point, Bradley hits their tight end and gets within the five-yard line. You think they're going to tie this game up early, but they had a 15-yard penalty, back them up. They only get to settle for a field goal, and then they add another one to actually cut the lead down to just one point for Troy. It looked like it could go either way. Both offenses struggling a little bit to move the ball successfully, but Troy adds a field goal about midway through the fourth quarter to seal this one 10-6. It's hard to say. Neither quarterback played awful by any means. It just they they were both trying to get the ball to work on the ground a little bit more, and uh, Troy was just a little bit more successful in that point of the game. Uh, Bradley, you know, he does throw 40 attempts and completes almost 30 of them. So, you know, they, they were obviously going to the air towards that second half to try and get that game back in control. But unfortunately for them, they could not do that. Um, but a, a good crowd, a good battle in a tough defensive battle, not something that we see in the, in the Sunbelt conference too often. Uh, so it was good to see something like that just to mix it up. But again, it, Got to improve that production quality on ESPN side so that our fans and outsiders can enjoy what we get to see in and out every week. Jumping into Saturday's matchups, we'll start off with Marshall going to James Madison. Called this one in favor of James Madison, 34-18. The game actually goes the other direction, and Marshall wins this one 26-12. You know, what's funny is before the season started, I actually called Marshall winning this one, as probably quite a few people did. Uh, and I should have stuck with that. But what we had seen out of Marshall was that they weren't looking very good. Uh, they weren't moving the ball very well offensively. They had uh, their quarterback go down, and now they've got Fancher back there, who's more of a mobile scrambling quarterback uh, than their starter. I'm going blank on his name right now. But um, they – they just look better this game. Uh, they didn't start off looking great. Um, James Madison takes takes the lead early, and they just trailed off after that. Uh, we know Santeo actually ends up sitting out this game, which was a surprise to me. I didn't know he was so injured that he wouldn't participate all in this one. Uh, Atkins, at first, honestly, I didn't even pick up on that. I thought he looked like Santeo to start with a little bit, uh, but he ends up throwing four interceptions, and he only goes 13 for 35. That's not going to get it done against just about any team in the Sun Belt. Um, but credit to him, came in probably short notice, he gets a start, tries to do his best, but he wasn't getting enough help, especially from the JMU defense. They weren't start stopping this Marshall offense enough. Uh, Laburn goes off, 151 yards, two touchdowns. Honestly, I describe this best as looking like the – JMU from a few weeks ago switched jerseys with this Marshall team. Uh, It was almost the exact opposite of what I assumed would happen in this game, both with the score prediction and just how it looked overall. Uh, So JMU is learning the struggles of the FBS schedule week in, week out. Uh, I don't think there's anything to hang their head on. Uh, this This is what happens, right? Your better players sometimes get injured. You have to deal with that. This is where the depth comes into question, and this is where I thought JMU would struggle before the season started. They out, they've they already outdone what I thought they'd do to this point. So uh, this is not a bad JMU team, obviously, and it's not necessarily a great Marshall team, although you know they've had some moments of brilliance. 
uh, this season. But it's interesting that this game went the way it did again. Even though James Madison is out of the official running for an East Championship, you know that they wanted to hang their hat on being able to say that they could have, they would have won it had they been eligible. So, um, but ev- everyone's still really in play here after this game. Pretty much everybody in the East has got a shot here, except for probably Georgia State. Uh, then we will jump into Georgia Southern at Old Dominion, the game of the week, and it turns out to be just that, really. Honestly, we I called this one in favor of Georgia Southern, thirty-one to twenty-eight. Georgia Southern ends up taking it 28-23. So it is that one possession game. And I'm telling you, if you didn't watch this one, you got time or interest, go back and watch this one. It was a great game. Old Dominion came in at number one in the East, and uh, they got knocked off the pedestal a little bit. Obviously, they still hold the top spot. They only have one conference loss now to this Georgia Southern team. But uh, a great back-and-forth game. I mean, just about every time somebody scored, the other team scored the next time. Um, ODU did string two field goals together at one point in time. But you've got Van Treese, weirdly enough, a great game, but not his crazy stat lines that he's been seeing. Uh, he's 22 for 27, 192, and one touchdown. So those are pedestrian numbers at best. But then the Georgia Southern offensive old sheds its its head or light on the game, you know, and white goes off for 138 yards and a touchdown. Um, their best receiver in Jones only had 54 yards and a touchdown. And in fact, what's funny is ODU has the receiver go off on the other side. Jennings comes back to form with 130 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and that's the weirdest thing is that ODU seemed like, if you look at the stat line, ODU seems like they could have and should have won this game. Wolf goes for 328 and a touchdown. Watson goes for 108 and a touchdown. Jennings 130 and a touchdown. I mean, it's kind of a weird look uh, and hard to kind of explain that. But again, the mistakes made by ODU is what Georgia Southern capitalized on. And we know Georgia Southern has been good at doing that throughout this season. And they obviously took control and won that game up there in Norfolk. Uh, But a great game to watch and pay attention to and lived up to expectations i still think looking at all these scores it was certainly the game of the week only one that you could probably put up against it is southern miss at texas state which we'll get to in a minute uh and then we will jump into arkansas state at louisiana predicted this one in favor of the cajuns 27 24 they end up winning at 38 18 um it's kind of looking like that georgia state app state game as far as that scoreline goes uh, where one team, you know, kind of just didn't get it done like they should have, uh, and that's Arkansas State. I thought they would put a little bit more points on the board and keep this game really close. They didn't do that. In fact, some of their points weren't even added until the end of the game. This this game, the end of the third quarter is 38-12, uh, so it's out of reach. Early in the third quarter, it's 31-9. So I I think that you know, you just got Woolridge looking the part, acting the part, doing everything he needs to do to get this Cajun team back on track and participating and fighting for a West Division title. Uh, he goes 316 for five touchdowns uh, and just a pretty well-rounded game. Uh, nobody rushed for a ton of yards in this one on either side. It was more of that passing attack that we've been talking about here lately. And Again, Cajuns looking like 
Maybe maybe they had some things in the beginning of the season they needed to work through and figure some things out with the offensive staff uh, coming in there and the production that they lost, but they seem to be getting back on track and in the right direction, and Arkansas State just continues to, to struggle and, and not kind of find their way. Uh, so it is what it is. Hopefully for Arkansas State they can start figuring some things out, but they've definitely been about what they were last year, unfortunately, for them. And then we'll jump into what is the most disappointing game of the the maybe the season actually for me so far. Uh, the ULM Warhawks travel up to New York to face Army and West Point. Uh, I called this one as a close one because Army's at home, but I, I called this one thirty four ULM Army thirty three. So I thought it would be a close game beforehand, but man, I was way off. Army takes this one forty eight to twenty four, and here's why I'm saying this game is disappointing. Before the season, I would not have said this. In fact, before the season, I predicted Army to beat ULM based solely off of last year's good performance by Army. However, ULM has probably, in some regards, outperformed where people thought they could or should be at this point of the season and looking like they could finish pretty decently over there in the West. They're going up to face an Army team that had yet to have a win against an FBS opponent. Uh, And then, you know, we've got Monroe beating the Cajuns. That's a big win for them. Looking like the offense was warming up and doing very well. But this triple option, ball possession offensive army just destroyed that defensive front for the Warhawks. And they they would shift over and they'd shift to the wrong side or they'd they'd shift and then have a massive hole in the line that they're just taking advantage of. This army team just wore them down and outscored them and – just pushed them around. It was really disappointing to watch that happen. Um, it, I, I don't even really know where you say the exact breakdown is. Rogers didn't perform terribly bad. I mean, he's 21 for 28, which isn't bad. Just didn't throw all that much. Only had 164 yards. Goes for two touchdowns, um, but does throw one pick. And then the rushing game just couldn't establish anything for Warhawks. So when you can't do that against a team that can control the ball so well, you're just going to struggle. And Army made them pay. So disappointing to come away with the loss out of conference there to a, an Army team that's now just three and four overall. Um, it is what it is. We'll move on to the next one and finish on a higher note. Southern Miss taking on Texas State down there in Texas. I called this one in favor of Southern Miss 24 21. Southern Miss takes it 20-14 to 14 instead. So got the team right, got the score a little off, but the one-score game, as predicted, going in. Uh, Southern Miss looks good early. They're up 10-0 early in the set, well, halfway through the second quarter, uh, and you've got Wilkie looking pretty good. Um, he goes ends up going 18 for 25, 187 yards. Does have two interceptions, though, which is a little bit worrisome. Um but if you compare that to Hatcher, you know, he's got a better completions percentage, a little bit less yards, one less touchdown. But, you know, I think when you really look at it, those those are pretty comparable numbers because of how the offenses are run. Obviously, Southern Miss is going to keep the ball on the ground with Frank Gore Jr. more often. He goes for almost the century mark. He gets just less than that with 91 yards on the day. And, uh you know, again, how we've talked all season long, that Hatcher to Hawkins connection. Hawkins ends up going for 102 and a touchdown over there for Texas State. And after that first quarter, 
you know, they kind of go back and forth. You think this one's going to come down to the wire, and then it does. It was really a great finish. Um, again, this one's the only game that could possibly contend with Georgia Southern versus Old Dominion. The only reason I don't put this one above that one is because of where Southern and ODU are in the standings compared to Southern Miss and Texas State. But Texas State scores a touchdown with just a minute 21 left in the fourth quarter, and you think all they've got to do is stop Southern Miss from getting downfield quickly, and they couldn't do it. There was a huge pass from Wilkie. He ends up hitting Chandler Pittman for 53 yards. Honestly, I thought Pittman would try and get out of bounds, or he might even get tackled, but you know they would still have some time. But, man, he just keeps making cuts towards the center of the field and ends up getting in the end zone to take a 20-14 to 14 lead with only 32 seconds left. And at that point, you knew a miracle would have to happen for Texas State to come back and overcome that. Unfortunately for them, they couldn't find it. But it was, a, it was an exciting game to watch. Certainly came down to the wire with both of those teams scoring late in the fourth quarter like that. Um, again, Southern Miss, they've got a lot of fighting. them. only 4-3 and three overall in the, in the season. Uh, and Texas State falls to a three and five mark. Um, I think, you know, where Texas State fans thought they should be, they'll be disappointed at three and five. But I think before the season, if you told them at this point they'd be three and five, you didn't tell them who they won and lost to. I think they'd probably be okay with that. Um, not thrilled by any means, but I think where they've been in the past, you'd probably think that they'd be okay with standing three and five with the chance to win some down the stretch here. But. Again, we got a, a good quality week of Southern uh, Sunbelt football. And uh, until next time, we will jump into the week nine preview. See you next time. <laughs>